It's Thursday night or Friday afternoon if you're listening to this. Maybe Friday morning. Maybe it's Saturday. Maybe it's Tuesday. But whatever time it is to you right now when we're recording this, it's Thursday night, 9 p.m. Arizona time, which means it's time for another edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast, shooting the shit about the Suns since 2019. How's that for a tagline, Matthew? That was good. I like it. 2018 or 19? 19. Okay. November of 2019, I believe. Yeah, that's what had. it says. Yep, that's still our tagline, right? That's that's what we'll roll with, I think. Let's do it. Unless I something comes works. up. Jamsters are good at coming up with stuff, too. So throw something out there. Yeah, if, if you happen to... You get no money, though. Think Nothing. that you... <laughs> if you think <laughs> no you know does. a perfect tagline for the Suns Jam Session podcast, a la Fanning the Flames, the OG Phoenix Suns podcast, for the fans, that's you guys. By the fans, that's us. I love that tagline. I think it's great what Justin and Paul and Dan have over there, and I, I envy it so much. We don't have that tagline. So ours is, if you follow us on YouTube or Twitter uh, or X or whatever the fuck, it says, shooting the shit since 2000, about the Suns since 2019. Like That's what we're kind of rolling with. So if you think you've got a good tagline, it's August. There's not much going on. You're sitting around. You're bored. Maybe you're hanging out by the pool. Just think of some good taglines. Then go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, and write what you think that tagline would be in there. We'll read it here on the podcast, and maybe we'll put it to a vote one day on the X platform and let the Jamsters decide what our tagline should be. Or not. Maybe this is just, uh, and we won't do anything at all. And once the, the last starts, time we talk about it. Yeah, yeah I don't think it. we'll talk about it again. No. Well, this is what happens right now, right? In August, we talk about our tagline two pods in a row. <laughs> that's how you know that's how you know it's <laughs> like wait is this the same pod as last time gotcha <laughs> ronnie 2k interview uh coming up halfway through <laughs> <Yeah>. the show <laughs> so but again welcome to everyone who is taking a little time out of your day to watch or listen to this pod we truly truly appreciate it make sure you subscribe rate and review hit that thumbs up button if you're on youtube follow the show at sun's jam you can follow me at darth voida you can follow him Matthew Lissy. And by him, I mean Matthew at Matthew Lissy. And uh, yeah, you know, a fun little show tonight. Obviously, today is the day that they've released the NBA schedule. So now we know what the roadmap to a championship looks like for the Phoenix Suns, the exact cadence of what's going to occur. So we're going to talk about that on this podcast. I do want to talk a little bit about DeAndre Ayton, Eric Gordon, how they played against the Argentinian team last night. And then, of course, we're continuing our series of start, bench, and trade, this time delving into everybody who wore jersey number 30 on this podcast, Matthew. Are you excited for this one, man? Oh, I'm totally pumped up. Anytime it's a schedule release, you know, it's my favorite day of the year. So yes. I can't wait to jump on a pod, talk to the Jamsters about games. But there is a tourney now, so it, doesn't make it, it makes it a little bit more interesting, for sure. So there's a little bit more of a twist to it. This one won't bore me as much. I'll hang in there. I won't fall asleep, I swear. Okay, and if you start to fall asleep, I'll just hit you with the tagline and see if you're paying attention. <laughs> so on okay. that note, Jamsters, pop them if you got them. I'm enjoying a, a much-deserved ice-cold beer. It's one of those days. One of those long, almost long ground. days. Thunder, 3.30 in the morning. My dog, Brooklyn, my German Shepherd, trying to wedge herself between the toilet and the wall because you're scared shitless. Of the sound of thunder. Yes, Brooklyn, I'm talking about you, you 100 and pound Ooh. pussy. So, beautiful, uh, beautiful dog, but scared she was a thunder. So, she she always goes nuts when it <laughs> thunders. So, it wakes you up early, and then you're just kind of, you know, half asleep until the alarm goes off at six and you get up and do it again. So, earned a beer. I'm sure you have too if you listen to this. So, let's, uh, let, let, let's pop in here. day for the phoenix suns which is actually the exact same day that they did it last year i believe because i had a memory pop up on the old facebook stories or and instagram stories uh tell me that i released the schedule last year graphic design wise for those of you who follow me on twitter and you know that 
one of the things I do is when the Suns release their schedule, I put it all together in a nice little graphic uh, because I like to reference it kind of throughout the year. We put up stretches of the season and what's upcoming, and it's just a nice thing to have at my disposal. And it actually happened the same time last year, Matthew. Yeah, no, it makes sense, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I'm just like, schedule release would be at the same day, I feel like, every year. I don't know why they would kind of hide it. or You would think, though, with the tourney, they may maybe push it back a little bit more to figure that out, but didn't have to do it. Here we are, same time this year, hanging out. Yeah, talking talk. about games. <laughs> talking about games and thunder. And so says Jay's yeah. hanging out in the chat. He says, how does the tortoise handle thunder? Tortoise is a reptile. Tortoise don't give a fuck. Franklin gives zero fucks about the thunder. Franklin's just like, oh, sweet, it's starting to rain. Yeah, it gets hit all the time, too, by it. Doesn't phase it. Yeah, just boom, hit by the thunder, the sound waves of thunder. <laughs> but before we get into the schedule release... DeAndre Ayton in the game against the Argentinian basketball team, a team that's FIBA ranked number four in the world. If you take a look at the Americas and the way that the FIBA pre-qualifying tournament was mapped out, the Bahamas were one of those middle-of-the-road teams, right? They're ranked 56th overall in the world by FIBA. That being said, that's based off a ranking that did include their three NBA players in DeAndre Ayton, Eric Gordon, and Buddy Heald. They're going against an Argentinian team yesterday that has fuck you Compazzo on it and some and, and about like five other guys who have at least sniffed the NBA in some way, shape, or form uh, for the Argentinian team. And Argentina came out. They were in fuego, just, you know, like uh, raiding, raining down lightning upon the opponent, not missing anything. But slow and steady wins the race. And ultimately, the Bahamas surprised Argentina by winning 101 to 89. And a big part of that was the 33 minutes, the 22 points, the 15 rebounds, the three blocks, and two steals by one DeAndre Ayton, Matthew. Yeah, it was great. I actually read the uh, the game uh, review after. And the best part of it was really DA just getting into it with the teammates, I guess, just telling them to keep going, keep up the effort, all that stuff on the sideline. I didn't get to watch the game. Uh, you watch it, obviously, right? Did yes. you get to watch it? I watched I didn't get to, half of it. I didn't get to watch it, but um, I did hear about that part, which is nice to hear. But then the next couple plays, he turned the ball over, and then he did foul again the next play. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, But he hit a big shot to extend the lead late in the game. But that part of him actually like calling out teammates to like, continue to push the pace and continue to you know just – just go go at it no matter what is going on really with the other team like just make sure that they stay focused it kind of reminded me of booker in a way a couple years ago where booker used to actually be the guy that would get on his teammates and then miss the shot and yes. then make turnover foul do some bullshit play and then yell at his teammates right aiden kind of right now kind of reminds me of that a little bit with just kind of if he's going to do that with his son that's fine but right now with his bohemian teammates that's that's a great thing to do because he can be the leader of that team, right? It was um, which player was talking about playing with DA and how fantastic it was and how he just opens up so much for the offense uh, with that team. I forget who it was, Buddy Heald. I don't know. Buddy Heald did say that. So you can tell these kind of these players are kind of looking up to him in a way. Now it's like, okay, he can talk some shit to his teammates. They kind of, I feel like, respect him now. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he does turn it over. So it's kind of like he's he's kind of progressing in a good way. It didn't yes. look too good with the turnover and then the foul, but being more vocal, that's that's good for D. I don't care who's on this team this year. Kevin Durant's quiet. Booker is a he's a leader. He can be a leader, but he's gonna be quiet, right? He's not as vocal on the court anymore. And then we don't know what Beal's gonna be like, but Aiden can be that guy if he stays consistent with it, if he actually makes sense, if his IQ is higher this year, basketball wise, mm-hmm. then you know what? They'll respect him. He can kind of ease him way, ease himself into that role to where he can just, you know, actually lead on both sides of the court vocally and not just by showing it in game. And that might be a couple of years away, but this is kind of a start. Maybe I'm reading too much into it because he did this last year a few times, but it was kind of like he would kick a chair because he didn't get the ball or something. But that's this different, is different. Yeah. This is different. I like that from him. Yeah, I agree that again, his ability to be vocal with his fellow national countrymen uh, and and demands their respect is one of the most important things that we're, we can take away from this little FIBA run. Again, like you said, with Booker, it 
you can be the alpha and go out there and miss shots. That's okay. There's nothing worse than somebody who sits there and doesn't say anything and is tentative and is afraid, and then they miss shots and they turn the ball over because it's it can be perceived a lot differently, right? Like you're yeah. a guy who's afraid of the moment, and therefore you because of your nervousness, you turn the ball over, you passed out of a situation. Whereas if he's out there and he's yelling at his teammates, like, dude, you know, he said in the fourth quarter, like, we're, we're tired as fuck right now. Like he was yelling at his team, but he's like, but we got to keep going. And that's those are the kind of things. That's a skill set that that translates. And I don't know if I everything's a blur these days because I'm getting up at three thirty in the morning because my dog's going crazy the last two nights. I don't know if I'm if I mentioned this on the pod, but I wrote a piece about it for brightsideofthesun.com. So if you have an opportunity to pop over to brightsideofthesun.com, please do so. Uh, always some good writing there by myself. Well, decent writing by me. Great writing by Matthew, as well as the rest of the writing staff, which includes So Says Jay, who's hanging out in the chat, and Ozzy Suns Fan Podcast, and all those guys. I got all my friends are writing for the for the fucking <laughs> site now. Dave's like, I'm gone. I'm like, sweet. I'm, I'm going to have everybody I, I know fucking write an article. Just one, if I had no 365 people, and I'll ask them to write one piece, I've got every day of the year covered. It's my strategy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but what I talked about in a piece is FIBA is an opportunity for – DeAndre Ayton to gain confidence, to be, to, to walk onto the court and know that he's the best guy in the court. When he walks on the court with the Suns, he knows he's not the best guy in the court. He knows Devin Booker's better. He knows Kevin Durant's better. He knows Bradley Beal potentially is a better player. He's a more decorated player with three all-stars. So there's a different mentality when that occurs. Whereas right now he's going out there and he's being the pure alpha and he's acting like, and is he making mistakes? Sure. That's okay. Yeah. But have that confidence. Build that confidence. Will it translate back to playing with the Suns? It might or it might not. But we've always talked about in the past how important international play is for the development of young players. Think back to Devin Booker playing on the Olympic team. Right? Him playing on the Olympic team elevated him. Kevin Durant, when he was much younger, it elevated him. Even though this isn't the Olympics, comma, this is a tournament that can determine whether or not you play in the Olympics next year in Paris. But the Bahamas team and the national pride that he has and the ability to be that alpha is going to be something that is going to benefit him in some way. And he's going to bring it back to the Suns. And what he's learned and, and the relationship that he's developing with Eric Gordon and, and the confidence that he's gaining is something that is transferable. Now, it remains to be seen if it is actually going to transfer. But this is the path that we want to see. This is what gets Suns fans excited. This is, as we're all trying to figure out how to watch these games and and, and hanging out on Twitter, trying to see the clips and the highlights, because it appears yep. that Dwayne Rankin is in Argentina and, he, and he's at the, the arenas for these games, which is fantastic. It's just it's a fun time to see the development of DeAndre Ayton outside of the Suns bubble. Yeah, and that's huge. Coming into the season, that's why I said he has to stay consistent. Because I was worried coming into the season where you know he had those comments about um, the the fans and how the whole world's against him. Right? That's scary because I don't want him to come out and be like, you know what, fuck this team, fuck the fans. Like I just don't want to hear it. You know, he can have that attitude, and that would not help this team at all in any way. Um, so he needs to actually just continue to learn because, you know, even last year when KD came, you saw him sit next to the to DA almost every game, talk to him and stuff. So it's like, yes, OK, KD, what can you do to help DA? And it didn't really help him as much. But it's just like I, I just hope that they continue to do that. And then DA can respect these players, but also know like he can step up and be vocal because that's huge. I. I just think like when you say like Booker is better than him, I know Booker is fucking phenomenal, right? Mm -hmm. DA just has the opportunity to really just, we talked about it last time, to be the actual game changer, to be the guy that wins us a championship. Agree. I just, I, I cannot the ultimate get out of my X factor. head. It's just, it's there. It is just fucking deep down some shit that he has. It's in there. And he just has to get that, dude. And and that's, that's why, changing like, the narrative. And that's yeah, what he's, he, he's he starting has to do. To, but he has to. And once he comes into the season, like, just don't let up, DA. Don't fucking let up. Just make sure. Because he can be the best guy on the court in most games this year. I just, I believe that he could be eventually. 
given his skill set and given what he's going to have to provide this team, you're right. Now, I know that a lot of people will sit and they'll listen to this and be like, well, there's no way he's going to be better than Booker. There's no way he's going to be kept better than Kevin Durant. And I don't think that's what you're saying. I, th- I think that you're saying in his role, he can be the best player on the team in his role because of his ability to go rebound, because of his ability to be effective on the defensive side, and because of his physical ability around the rim. If he if he taps into all three phases of the uh, of the game, he can be the most influential player. Maybe that's the best way to put it. The most influential player on this team. And, and again, the ultimate X factor. And you know that question is going to come up as we get near to the season and we start to do our our predictions and, and whatnot. How many games are we going to win? What's Who's the ultimate X factor? And all that bullshit that we're going to do eventually. That's what's going to happen. Is DA is the ultimate X factor. You expect great things from Booker, from Beal, from Durant. We want great things from DeAndre Ayton. If we get him, we have the ultimate fourth guy on the team, right? We have the ultimate fourth guy. Yeah, I'm actually, no. What I'm really saying is he, by the end of the season, he has the opportunity to be the second best player on this team. I just, I believe that. By maybe the second year, in two years, he can be, if he's still with this team. He just, he can have, he can, that's in there. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying it's a possibility. The potential's there. If he's he a continue, former number one overall he pick, right? Consistent. Yeah, he's the ultimate like nip slip, dude. It's just like, oh, fuck. Okay, well, it's, oh, damn. And then, you know what I mean? It's just like, damn it, there it is. Wouldn't that be but amazing the whole thing yet? Huh? if this season is a season where DA just takes the league by fucking storm and, every, and he just goes out and he, I mean, is. wouldn't that and be just... just I'm and just, like Beal yeah, and Booker and Durant are like, yeah, man, like we can be a role player to this unbelievable force inside because again, he has the physical tools. Yeah. And we're hoping what's occurring in FIBA as that confidence develops is maturity. Is a maturity in a in a what is he, 25 now? In a 25-year-old player who things are starting to make sense for him. And he's again, he's had unbelievable resources throughout his entire career in Ricky Rubio and what his second or third year, uh, Chris Paul for three seasons, Devin Booker the entire time, you know, a few games with Kevin Durant, but again, somebody who he's going to continue to work alongside, you know, throughout this upcoming season, there's just so many fantastic uh, abilities that he possesses. And it, it's kind of like playing a video game, right? Like you're just trying to unlock those abilities and it takes time and maturity, just like it did with Devin Booker, big Dick Booker, wasn't always Big Dick Booker. Big Dick Booker no. used to bitch, used to complain, used to yell at his teammates if they were out of position and he'd throw the ball in the wrong place, uh, used to miss the big shots. I mean, like clockwork, he'd miss big, sh- uh, uh, big shots. But his maturity has happened over the last three seasons, and he's morphed himself into a consistent all-star uh, because of his time, dedication, and maturity uh, relative to the game of basketball. We're all hopeful that this occurs. This is a, a very positive performance that he's put out. And he, by he, I mean DeAndre Ayton, a very positive performance that he's been putting out in the first two games uh, in the pre-qualifying tournament. And all we can do is hope that this is going to continue for him as they try to make the Olympics. You know, obviously their next game uh, was supposed to be tonight. They were supposed to play Panama, but Panama bitched out and they're out of the uh, the America's tournament. So I believe the Bahamas... Um, I think they're going to the the semifinals. I'm almost 100 percent sure they're going to the semifinals. So uh, I'm not even sure what time that game is. But again, just exciting times and way too long on DeAndre Ayton on this podcast. That's why he's awesome, dude. We spend 20 minutes. I can go 20 more minutes. I, I probably could too. And it won't even be the same stuff. It'd just be new thought. These all these thoughts they just keep coming on them. Well, yeah, because again, it's just it's exciting. It's exciting to have your number one overall pick come out play internationally. And again, the difference between this game and the Cuban game is Cuba was a bunch of scrubs. And although it was impressive to see him perform that way, you had to call it for what it is. This one has pro players. And this one was a game where they were down, and they had to fight back. And at first he was tentative, and he was out and he was out of position, and he wasn't really playing well. But then he gathered himself, and he adjusted. And that's what was important, because what do champions do? Champions adjust. They adjust. All right. Well, I think it's time to talk about the schedule release, if you're okay with that, Matthew. Let's do it. All right, so the schedule release, there's a little graphic up there on the screen for you. If you're listening, just imagine an amazing graphic with a lot of suns, purple, and orange. And it says Phoenix <laughs> Suns 2023 schedule across the top. And it breaks down all 80 games of the Phoenix Suns schedule, knowing that two games are not present because 
of the in-season tournament. If the Suns were to not last in the in-season tournament and just play their four games and not qualify outside of group play, getting into the elimination round, the NBA, after the conclusion of the in-season tournament, will schedule two more games for the Suns. If they do get into the elimination round, boom, that's one game. And then if they get to the finals, boom, that's the second game. That's how that works. But that being said, the first question I'll ask you about this schedule release, which uh, it's intense. It takes a a lot of looking over. Uh, I'll start by, before I ask you a question, I'll throw out some statistics on it. There's 14 backs-to-backs for the Suns. The longest homestand is six games between December 29th and January 7th. Their longest road trip is seven games from January 24th to February 4th. The home opener is October 8th against the Jazz after they play their first two games on the road, doing so against the Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson return to Phoenix uh, in December on the 13th with the Brooklyn Nets. Monty Williams returns to Phoenix on October 8th. And, of course, Landry Shamit returns to Phoenix on December 17th, Matthew. Oh, yeah, I had to call out for that day. Oh, wait, never mind. It's actually a Sunday, so perfect. There you go. So <laughs> I'll ask you this. The, the, the first question off the bat, whenever you look at the schedule when it's first released, what's the first thing you kind of look for? Honestly? Yeah. Nothing. I don't. Wow. Yeah, well, before this podcast, I'd never, I used to like it when it was released, be like, oh, okay, I would start the first game, second game, like, okay, I get kind of sick of it, because it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Um, I've liked it. (laughs) Wow, that only took like your your fourth sentence before you said it didn't mean anything. (laughs) (laughs) I like it for the fact that we get your graphics, but before I liked just the magnets, so that was the reason I like the schedule, like, oh, how can I get this on my fridge? I used to print it out and all that shit. But when I was younger, of course, I, I used to go through and mark win, loss, but it was a lot of losses when I was younger. Um, I used to do that, but I never really looked at the schedule. Be like, hey, I'm excited about this game, this day, this back to back. What's going to happen here? I don't look at it that way. I just never have. Well, I'm different. You? I'm different. Um, yeah. The, the first thing, in all honesty, the first thing that I look now, granted, like when the schedule comes out again, I, I make this graphic that a lot of people are, uh, just saw on the screen that we'll reference multiple times throughout the season. But you know, obviously, the first thing is like, all right, I got to get in the lab, right? Like, I have to start making this thing uh so i can put it out for everybody and i did it at work today and i'd like to thank my team for just leaving me the hell alone for a while because it's in my office for a long time and they're like what are you doing i'm like nothing leave me alone uh they come in like john we have an issue i'm like figure it out you're grown people uh <laughs> i'm in here graphically designing it's really annoying I, it's very very tedious work um but honestly the first thing that i look at is how is this going to affect my life matthew Because good, bad, or indifferent, you have to think about it from our standpoint. And our standpoint is uh, we go live after every every single one of these games. Right? So the first thing I'm doing is I'm taking a look and be like, oh, okay, uh, am I going live this day? Am I going live this day? Am I going live this day? And like when I see that the Suns have a back-to-back and one of them is on Valentine's Day, I'm like, shit, it's like the third Valentine's Day in a row. Where it's like, oh fuck, I gotta neglect my wife again. Like, you know, it's 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 kind of crap. It's uh there's we play on December 31st and January 1st. Obviously, Christmas. Christmas we thought was gonna be earlier. Christmas is actually an 8:30 game against the Dallas Mavericks, so it's a late Christmas. So, so we're gonna we talk, nap in. Yeah, we'll have to take a nap. Yeah. Uh it's not bad. Yeah, not bad. We play on St. Patty's Day this year, you know. So again, that could be a fun one because we might be a little toasted, you know. But again, that's Essentially, the worst one's Halloween night. Yeah, we play on Halloween night. That's fucked up. That's trick or treat night, right? That's trick or treat night. I have to watch it on my phone. Yeah, and then like we have to figure out a way to go live, and we'll probably be in costumes, and we'll probably be on the, <laughs> the streets of Chandler well, or something. It's an away game. It's home game. So maybe you might be at that one. Who knows what's going to be knows, going on? I, no, no, trick or treat is with the fam, man. You know. Yeah, that's gonna be tough. So that's the first thing that I look at selfishly. That is the first thing that I look at is how does it affect me personally as a podcaster who goes live after every single Suns game? That's just that's just the 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 thick of it, if you will. The next question I have for you is just let's talk about the first 10 games, right? Like, I don't want to see him be like, all right, Matthew, look at that entire schedule. Tell me what our final record is. Let's just pull up the front, the Phoenix Suns first 10. Right. So, again, we open on opening night, the, the 24th of October, one week after my birthday on the road at Golden State. And then we play at the Lakers. We come home for a three-game homestand that opens up with our home opener on October 28th against 
the Utah Jazz. Then we play on Halloween, as we mentioned, against the fucking Spurs. The Spurs never – there it is, man. Every year we play the Spurs on a funny day, don't we? Remember we yeah. went to we went to uh, or I went to Laughlin <laughs> yeah. one year, and they were playing. Yeah. We went to it's Vegas that one year. The they were playing there. Like every time that we play the Spurs, we're in a weird location. Yeah, something was always going on. something's again always this going year. on. Fucking Fuck the bullshit. Spurs. Amen. We play them again on Thursday, November second. Then we go on a three game road trip. So that's at the 76ers, at Detroit, and at Chicago. And then we come home for our first tournament game against the Lakers, and then we play the Oklahoma City Thunder. So that's our first 10. Again, Warriors, Lakers, Jazz, Spurs, Spurs, Sixers, Pistons, Bulls, Lakers, Thunder. What do you think of just that first 10 games? Because that's going to be a very interesting yeah. 10 games for the Suns as they try, they institute a new head coach, a new defensive system, uh, like 14 new players, it feels like, and, of course, Bradley Beal into the fold. Well, predictions like I can say that I can see that they might go six and four or something like that, but um, it's just it's hard to tell because you have to wait for this team to really kind of gel. That's a tough part to overlook. I think really right now when you're looking at the Spurs schedule, oh my god, you know they're going to split those. You know that the Spurs <laughs> you will know win they one, are. The Suns will lose the other one. Are that <laughs> the Suns will lose one? They'll win the other one. Yeah, it's like um, um, then, so. That's two the, losses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> with the Lakers turning game, that's kind of exciting because it's like okay, first ten games, but then also the ninth game is against the Lakers for the tourney. That's kind of exciting because at the beginning of the year, no one really gives a shit, and all of a sudden, you're like oh, the tournament game's coming up, but you already played the Lakers, so you kind of get a stab at them at them right away. Um, you know they're gonna split those two games too, and. Just it's kind of easier throughout though with the with the Pistons and the OKC Thunder, but I can see six and four. I just I don't think it's going to be anything crazy off the bat for the Suns. I, w- I was even going to say five and five, but I just think it's going to take some time, and I think we can be patient, right? I mean, if they start off four and six, I'm still going to be patient, but I'm definitely going to go six and four on this one. If they start four, if they start out four and six, like ESPN is going to be having a field day. Yeah. With them. that's for damn sure. I see us winning the opener in Golden State. I see us winning uh, on the road against the Lakers because I think that the Suns are easily better than both those teams. I honestly do. I think that Golden State's a little past their prime, and I think that the Lakers are highly overrated. Again, the fact that Austin Reeves is your third best player, although he might be a good player on the on the uh, up and coming, I just don't know if he's necessarily that talented. And that's your number three. The Jazz at home, I see that as a win. You're right with the Spurs. The Spurs, we get Victor Wembanyama twice. Uh, once on October 31st, then two nights later, we play on TNT, both games on TNT, mind you, uh, against them on November 2nd. I could see us splitting that one because that's the way basketball works. We should win those. That should be a nice little homestand to start the, the season where we go 3-0 and in that homestand. We go on the road to Philly. I see that as an L. So right there, I'm at, what, 4-2. and two. The Pistons is a win. The Bulls are a win. I think the Lakers are a win. And I think, okay, season win. I think we start 8-2. and two. I honestly do. I think that I- I'm different at least right now here in August, thinking that this team's going to come out and they're going to start throwing some haymakers. And I think that due to the sheer talent of this Suns team, they're going to have the ability to overwhelm teams and it's going to be a fun journey right off the bat. That's my prediction. Yeah, I hope so. It could definitely go that way. Um, that's all we're all rooting for that for sure. I just If they start off slow, though, I think it's, it's okay. I mean, when we're talking about DA for 20 minutes and we're talking about him as our fourth or fifth best guy, right? he's the fourth best guy, then you're like, yeah, they should be 10-0 and 0 to start the season. But it's just yeah. going to take some time, I think. I really think so. I mean, the Kevin Durant thing, when he came in last year, it took some time for sure. He got it hurt. And then we won some games. It looked pretty dominant when they actually tried. And then they just they had a shot in the playoffs still with CP3 going down. Like that team was kind of rolling a little bit. So maybe yeah. maybe I'm being too pessimistic there. Yeah, it's okay. You're a Suns fan. That's That's who and what we are, isn't it? Exactly. All right, three games that you're excited for, Matthew. Give me three games that you're like, yes. Three games. That... <laughs> you know what? I'm actually really excited about the Brooklyn Nets games. I really okay. am. Um, so the first time we I'm, play I'm... them again is on December 13th uh, yeah. at home. And then the second time that we play the Nets is later in the season. It's actually January 31st. 31st. It is the fifth game of that seven-game road trip that we have in late January, early February. I'm just excited to see the twins. Um, it's gonna be very heartbreaking still, even if the Suns are 20 and 0, or um, you know, they start out 10 and 0, and then we get them play the Brooklyn Nets eventually. Then I'm gonna be like, oh, like I just want Mikhail back still now in Cameron Johnson. <laughs> but I, I really think that um the the opportunity the Suns have to really start out strong and then go into Brooklyn or play 
play Mikhail, play Cameron Johnson. It's going to be really emotional, I feel like, because of the tribute stuff. So that's one game where I'm going to definitely circle the price. Ticket price is going to be insane, of course. So I don't know, but that would be such a good game to go to because I would love yeah. to see those guys in action live against the Suns. Um, heartbreaking a little bit. Um, the third game, though, I, I, I'm going to say just the Wimbin Yama, man. I'm excited. If he's going to play, I don't. I know they're going to sit him a lot this year. That's what I heard. So if he's playing and his sons have two games right off the bat in the first five games, there's yeah. a good chance he's going to be playing. And one of those, whichever one he plays, I'm going to be very interested to see how DA, I don't even know where women is going to be playing on the court, but just how that's even going to look. So that's, that's something to definitely look forward to. Yeah. So that's actually one of my three groups, if you will, of games that I'm excited to see is the fact that we play the Spurs four times this season, right? The first two we mentioned, October 31st and the second, both at home. And then the second time we play them isn't until March. It's March 23rd and 25th, a back-to-back, if you will, with a day between both on the road in San Antonio. So we get like, it's going to be kind of weird when it comes to Victor Wembanyama because we're going to get doses of him at the beginning of the season, and then we're going to see him at the end of the season uh, on back-to-back games. So I think that's going to be kind of fun. It's just as a basketball fan. This is the number one overall pick. He's one of the most highly touted prospects since LeBron James and we're literally going to see him like in his fifth game and his sixth game when he's got like the deer and headlights look you know he's like Bambi on the court uh falling all over the place and then we're going to see him at the back in the back stretch of the season and see and it'll be interesting to see how he's matured as a player I'm looking forward to uh any and every time that we play the Kings I just want to see what the Kings look like this year it's a team that we don't play until uh December 22nd so we go you know, that's what, like 16, 20. It's about 25 games into the season is the first time that we're going to see the Kings. Uh, and that's something that, again, it's a team that intrigues me. I want to see if it's replicable. You know, obviously there's the Lakers games and there's the Clippers and there's, you know, our Pacific Division rivals. Uh, but the, the the Pacific Division rival I'm most interested in this year is the Kings. I want to see if they can back it up. And I want to see how, you know, the Sun Kings, you know, we walked through, uh, the Valley of the Shadow of Death together with this franchise for so many years. So I always just like, and I like to see the new uniforms. I'm not going to lie. Like I, they have a new script uniform. The Kings always kill so, the uniforms. They're so good. They are. They, they never miss on God, those. They are so good. Um, there's the Nuggets games, which are exciting. Uh, I'm not counting down to those, if you will. I am excited for those Pistons games. You know, again, we play the Pistons early in the season on the road on November 5th. And then, as I mentioned before, the Pistons come to town as a part of a, uh, a home stretch, a six-game home stretch that the Suns have. Oh, wait, they're not in there that time. When do they come again? Where, where, where are the Pistons? Where's that? Oh, they, oh, February. Oh, we play the fucking Pistons on Valentine's Day. <laughs> there you go. There's my treat, honey. Sorry, I can't watch. We're playing the shitty Pistons. And they'll uh, play for like another two weeks after or something crazy. Well, like that, that. yeah, you know, the All-Star break. <laughs> that's what that's called. Yeah. So I'm excited for those games. What is there any stretch that just sucks to you? You know, I think the stretch is going to suck when I'm looking at uh, February 29th through the March 3rd. Um, they play three sucky teams in a row, the Rockets twice and then the OKC. But in between that, they're in between the Lakers and the Nuggets. So I feel like yeah. it's going to be a stretch where it's going to be like they beat the Nugget or they beat the Lakers. And then, you know, they have three games against sucky teams and they kind of have a letdown, go one and two right there. And then they bounce back and have a good game against the Nuggets. It's just I can already see the way the podcast is going to go. We jump on after the Lakers, like, oh, so what do you predict? Oh, the Suns are going to win the next three. They're going to win the next two against the Rockets at least, but then they'll lose one of those. They might rest some players. Like, that's going to be a stretch where it's like, ugh, like that's going to be a bummer. I, I just, I can see that happening. I'm, for sure. I'm with you. It's funny. So, the stretch that I'm not looking forward to is kind of right after that. And it's March 11th. We start on the road. We play, or I'm sorry, uh, it's March 9th. We are at home against the Celtics. Then we go on the road. And we play Cleveland, and then we play the Celtics again. So the second time in three games. We pop down to Charlotte on the road. Then we go up to Milwaukee. We come home, and then we play the 76ers and then the Hawks. That little stretch right there is from March 9th to March 21st. March 9th to March 21st is a really important time of the season. right? It's just after the All-Star break. It's where teams are making a lot of moves. But it's also a lot of times when teams are injured. The dog days have come and gone. You're in the home stretch. You're trying to get guys healthy. And we have it, – it's just some tough competition, in my opinion. The Celtics are a good team. You're playing them two out of three games. Cleveland's a good team. You have a shitty Charlotte team, but then, boom, you play Milwaukee. Boom, you play the 76ers. And even though Atlanta might potentially suck, there's still a team that you have to be ready for. 
And I think that that stretch in March is going to be very important. And, and again, if the Suns, based on how they perform up to that point, that's going to be a very important stretch. And I just hope it's not a sucky one. But it might be a sucky one, Matthew. Yeah. Anything so else? On the no, no, no. The only question I had for you were the Nuggets games. I know you're looking forward to them, but do you think the Nuggets will like take their foot off the pedal a little bit this year? Or they, will they actually, you know... Try to go for the number one seed again. They took their, they took their foot off the pedal last year, right? I mean, well, towards the end of the year, right? Yeah, the last month though, because again, the the Nuggets did what the Suns couldn't do two years ago. the The Nuggets were the best team in the NBA in the regular season, and they could take their foot off the pedal because the West the Western Conference last year was just fucking yeah, wacky. Yeah. I mean, the the Nuggets were the top seed in the entire uh, Western Conference last year, and they ended up winning. You know, how many games? What was it, like 54? They were 53 and 29. That was the number one seed. Like, normally the number one seed is like a 58-win team, a 60-win mm-hmm. team. You know, like when the Suns, two years prior, a 64-win team. So they took the foot off the pedal. I think that they're a team that knows their talent. They have a cohesiveness to them. And when they play the Suns, they're going to get up for it because people like Nikolai Jokic and Jamal Murray want to test themselves against a quality team. If you look at the best matchups in the NBA this year, a lot of them involve the Suns. The Suns are a team that, again, when you look at the totality of the schedule, they're going to end up being on national television 37 times. It's like 45% of their games. They got 14 ESPN slash ABC games. They got 11 games on NBA TV. uh, TV. They got 11 games on TNT. They're the third most televised team on the national media circuit behind, behind the Warriors and the Lakers. Now, the Warriors and the Lakers, the Suns are clearly better team then, in my opinion. Again, on paper, we haven't seen anything yet, so we don't know who the strengths and weaknesses of this team. We can only imagine because there's no chemistry that exists like Denver has. So Denver is going to beat the shit out of, uh, of these other teams on, on chemistry alone, just like the Suns did two years ago. But they're going to test their grit against the Suns. I truly believe that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I can see that against the Suns for sure. I was just thinking as a whole, though, last season or this season with the Nuggets just kind of let off a little bit, knowing what they have, where now maybe they're like kind of the Lakers of the past three years. Like, let's just make the playoffs that the Lakers, they won the championship four years ago, but even since then they've been so injured. It didn't really matter. But with the Nuggets, it's like, I can kind of see them going that route where they just kind of like, Oh, we know what we are. And even if we play the Suns, we beat them, but this is a different Suns team. Like you said. So mm-hmm. those games still have to be looked forward to. I, I, I'm 100%. For those. Yeah. Yeah. We play them four times. We play them uh, at home on December 1st. We play them again. Where's their logo? Where's their logo? We play them on March 5th in Denver. We play them on March 27th in Denver. So we only play them three times currently, two times on the road. Now, that being said, if the Suns leave the in season tournament a little early, that might be a team that we end up having to play a fourth time and it would be at home. The difference between this year and last year, if you remember, last year we played the the Nuggets, I want to say twice in the last 10 games. And they had completely left their foot off the pedal because yeah. and we played them on Christmas uh, and they beat us. And then, you know, they left their foot off the pedal. I still, I don't even know if we beat them last year in the regular season. I think it was like one, two or something. But I think that Friday, December 1st at home is going to be a big one because that's going to be the one where they're still in the process of establishing where they're at in the Western Conference. To your point, if we're midway through the season and they're looking at it, they're like, yeah, we're the number two seed. So when we play the Suns, we don't have to throw the whole thing at them because we know we can maintain the number two seed or even jump to number one seed because we're going to play the fucking Trailblazers and we're going to play uh, the Spurs and we're going to play you know these other teams in our division and in our conference that's going to allow us to jump up to number one. You, I, I see what you're saying, and I think that you're right. Yeah. No, a lot to look forward to this year. I think the Always. tournament really definitely helps a lot. Even if you don't care about the cup, it just makes it more interesting. I think that's the whole like design of it. It's not really this, hey, we have a cup. It means something. It's just kind of just distract us a little bit more. Just have 100%. gain our attention to really, you know, focus away from football a little bit more. But exactly not, that's it. not gonna happen for sure for a lot of people, but it's going to bring a lot of people around the TV, at least for those six or eight games. You cannot distract us from football, NBA. You can try, it, but it won't happen. Uh, did I tell you about canceling DirecTV? That was fun. No. They tried so to I, back. So, so, oh, well, I give them a call because obviously I have DirecTV because I love the NFL Sunday ticket and I love the red zone. Uh, Matthew and you know my wife, they're both Cowboys fans, so you like to watch out-of-market games and whatnot. And so I call up DirecTV and – 
hey, uh, I'd like to cancel. You no longer care of the NFL package, and that's the pro- the only reason why I have DirecTV. Thank you, Mr. Voida. You know, we really appreciate your loyalty. Let's see what we can do here. I'm like, well, there's nothing you can do. You don't have the NFL Sunday ticket anymore. Well, we're going to have just the red zone on DirecTV. I'm like, cool. I'm switching to YouTube TV. So uh, nothing you can do for me. Well, we can discount it. Um, we can give you a sports package. Um, yeah, does that have the red zone? No, that doesn't. Then I don't want it. Okay. No, I appreciate that, and I appreciate your loyalty. Can I interest you maybe in uh, taking off $50 a month off your bill to help you pay for YouTube TV? No, I just I don't want it anymore. I just don't want to deal with it, you know? Oh, okay. Well, I appreciate your loyalty. Well, it sounds like, you know, like 10 like minutes goes on. <laughs> 10 <laughs> minutes of shit went on. And so while this is happening, I'm sitting right here. I tweet about it. I'm just like, yep, here I go. I keep telling them no, and like, it's black and white. And they, they're trying to gray me here. Like, well, we can maybe make it happen if we hold hands and walk through this journey together. Is you will end up on the other side, and you'll end up in direct TV land, and you'll have a bunch of channels you'll never watch, and uh, except for football season. And the fact that the Phoenix Suns are going to be on local TV is what fortifies this decision. Oh, yeah. Because I can watch them on three TV for half the season. So I'm gonna I'll buy the antenna. I'll put it up on my house. I'll just tap it right into my cable system. Put a little uh, coax to HDMI converter in my, where my DirecTV box is Wait, now. What is that? What you need to do? I thought it was just like an antenna that hooks up to your TV, right? You or can, but that's tacky. I'm just gonna I'm gonna make it look nice. I'm gonna do it right on top of the house. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you take the the coax cable that's currently going into the DirecTV dish. Mm-hmm. You just take that out of there and you put it into a nice looking antenna. That costs twenty bucks. You mount it outside, and then it, it feeds right into your house just like your through a coax cable and then you just get a little converter yeah. for like 15 bucks coax into the converter converter hdmi and you hook into the hdmi that's already that's was previously utilized by direct tv i've what, been researching what it, is it the obama box that we have to have the obama thing that he that's gave the, out to everybody is that what we need or obamacare no wasn't there like an obama like uh cox communications thing that came out there was something i remember i got it for my dad <laughs> Uh, just so he could yeah. get like basic cable once upon a time. Yes, but exactly. There's like yeah, a better way to do it, so it's so it's so it's consistent. But once I knew that, I was like, sweet. You know, I can watch half the games on three TV, so I don't have. And and that 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 being said, three TV comes with YouTube TV, Does so you it? can watch the games on YouTube TV. Well, I'm gonna have your login because I'm paying half. That's so, right. I here we go. It. Yeah, this should be easy. You're paying half. Paul's paying half. Yeah, buddy. Paul's being. Uh, are we all gonna be able to share the login? Uh huh. Yeah, you get like four logins. Mm, so like we'll find out. Ashley, Ashley can no, I trust me, I've researched this shit. Okay. I've researched it. So you can four people can be watching YouTube TV simultaneously. So, anyways, I tweet that out as it's going. And then somebody pops online, you know, or tweets back at me, Hi, this is Gloria from DirecTV. Uh, we'd love to retain you as a customer. We'll DM you. It's like, see what I'm saying? They just don't stop. Yeah, now I'm just worried. I'm like, okay, so Shan's watching Ashley, you, me, and Paul at the same time. Do I have Which to is, text somebody be like, hey, can you get off for the Suns game? Probably probably not. Should I have a backup? Okay. No, yeah, yeah. Because how often are we all going to be watching TV at the same time? I don't time? know. It's going to happen. They watch, they, watch, the they, they watch Hulu. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, they watch Hulu and Netflix and... Uh, Brooklyn get, try to shove herself down the toilet when the fucking, <laughs> fucking thunder goes off. <laughs> get out of the toilet, Brooklyn. She was like climbing into my soul last night. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Um, shit, Starbits trade. Jersey number 30. You ready? All right. Do you want to take the first one or should I yeah, take the first one? I'll do the first one. It looks like it's a smaller sections. Perfect. <laughs> the well, that being said, right off the bat, yeah. Jamsters, again, if you don't know how this goes, we're going over everybody who wore jersey number 30 in the history of the Suns. There's a total of 10 of them. Of those 10, six apply for start bench trade. To be eligible for start bench trade, you have to at least played 50 games with the Phoenix Suns. The first person to ever wear jersey number 30 for the Phoenix Suns was Matthew... Oh, sorry, man. It's Chocolate uh, Thunder. Chocolate oh, Thunder yeah. was a 6'7 small forward. He was actually, his real name was Fred Saunders from Syracuse. He played 86 games. He was drafted 31st overall in 1974, was a draft pick to be named later in the 1973 deal that sent Connie Hawkins to the Lakers. So there's some good research done by John right there. I like that one. Waived by Phoenix in February of 1976. He is the original number three owner. Are you muted? 
the moment after he left, Ron Lee came in from 1977-1979, wore jersey number 30. A point guard from Oregon, drafted 10th overall by the Suns in 1976. He's the all-time leading scorer for the University of Oregon. He was actually drafted by the San Diego Chargers, who is an all-rookie team selection. He led the league in steals in 1977-1978, and then he was traded to the Pistons as a part of a big deal in 1979 for Truck Robinson. Played a a total of 207 games in jersey number 30 for the Suns, averaged 10.9 points, 2.7 2.7 rebounds and 3.8 assists, Matthew. Next guy is when the centers used to be over seven feet tall. He was seven feet one, Nick Vanos uh, from 1986 to 1987, just one year. He did play 68 games, so he is eligible. From Santa Clara, drafted 32nd overall in the 1985 NBA draft. Died in a here we go. Let's go, everyone. Sweet dreams. Ready? Died in a plane crash that killed all 154 on board and two people on the ground. That is Fuck. miserable. Are we in the pod? Matthew gets, Matthew got Nick Vanos. Yes, 154 people. And two on the ground. Oh, what a tragedy. Yeah, he was coming back to Phoenix. He had gone out to Detroit for, uh, I believe, a wedding and then was flying back to Phoenix in August of, uh, it was actually August 16th, 1987, I want to say. Uh, so it was a day. Yesterday was the anniversary. Yeah, unfortunate. No one wore the jersey again for over 11 years. And then Uncle Cliff, Cliff Robinson, uh, 6'10 from UConn, played 292 games as a member of the Phoenix Suns in jersey number 30, 16.4 points, 4.6 rebounds, 2.6 assists, signed as a free agent after eight successful seasons in Portland, including a trip to the 1992 NBA Finals, scored 50 points against the Nuggets on January 16, 2000. Uh, He... He was an all-star, but that was with when he was with the Blazers. He was a 1993 sixth man of the year with the Blazers. And eventually was traded to the Pistons for Judd Bushler and John Wallace. And then he went on with that Pistons team the next year to become an all-defensive second-team member. Take that, sons. <laughs> this guy is, I'm going to call him Magic Lamp, but I think it's Masia <clears throat> Lampe. Magic Lamp. We'll call him Magic Lamp from 2004-2005 with a little... Throat clearing right there. Uh, 37 games, so he's not eligible. Uh, but he uh, came to Phoenix after being drafted by the Knicks as a part of the Penny Hardway and Stephon Marbury to New York City deal. Yeah, Stephon That's Marbury. Right. Miss you, buddy. Was He's not passed. I don't think he passed away yet, so we'll find out. Was, at the time, the youngest player to play for the Phoenix Suns when he debuted at 18 years old. And he traded. Oh, he was traded with Casey Jacobson and Jackson Vermin. To the Hornets for Jim Jackson. It's funny because when I when I read Casey Jacobson and Jackson, I was thinking Jim Jackson and then Jim Jackson. Yeah, okay. There you go. That worked out. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> and, he, and he played for the Suns those thirty seven games in that 0405 run. So that's he he was around. I don't know if anyone remembers Magic Lamp. Uh, I certainly don't. I don't. The next guy to wear it didn't wear it until two thousand eleven. That was Earl Barron, another center, six seven feet tall out of Memphis, only twenty eight games played, so he doesn't even qualify for our start bench trade game. But he played with Phoenix twice. He did so in 2010 and 11. And then again back in 14 and 15. He coached as an assistant for the Northern Arizona Suns in 2017-18. And he's currently a video player assistant with the Pacers. Earl Barron, ladies and gentlemen. Earl <laughs> Barron. Video player. Uh, John Lauer in 2016 was the next one to wear it the next, the next year, obviously. From Wisconsin, he was traded from Memphis to Phoenix for Andrew Harrison. 27 starts with Phoenix and had nine double-doubles, almost made the record. Married to Keegan Billick, former Baltimore Ravens head coach, Brian Billick's daughter. <laughs> I'm like, finish that. <laughs> Formerly Brian Billick. So Brian Billick became Keegan Billick and then married John Luer. Uh Troy Daniels, 2018 and 19 from BCU, shooting guard, six foot four, ended up playing 130 games for the Suns, 7.9 points. He was traded to the Suns from the Grizzlies for two second-round picks. He had six three-pointers in the second quarter of a 142-116 loss to the Rockets, tying the record for the most threes in a quarter with Gerald Green and Shannon Brown. He holds the record for most consecutive games coming off the bench and hitting the three-pointer. He did so by hitting it in his 27th consecutive game, which passed the record by Wesley Person, which is really interesting because that wasn't really the three-point era, but that's what Wesley did. He came in, he hit a three, and he go sit his ass down. Uh, last played with the 2019-20 Nuggets, Troy Daniels. I remember him. He was a fireballer. 
Yeah, he was. There was always kind of an upside to him when he came off. Uh, this guy thought there was an upside, maybe. Damian we, Jones. We, we wanted yeah. an upside for this guy so yeah, bad. Yeah, we kind of did. Yeah, there was something there, maybe. But he was drafted 30th overall um, in 2016 by the Warriors. Won two rings with the Warriors. Played only yeah. 32 playoff minutes during both of those championship runs. Came to Phoenix as a free agent. Averaged 1.6 points in 1.4 fouls in 6.7 minutes. 8.4 points. 7.3 fouls per 36 if you're interested in those stats mm. waived after 14 games currently on the jazz that is damian jones and then the last person to the ever wear number 30 for the suns was parents bass in 2022 out of detroit mercy signed two 10-day contracts scored 50 points with the wisconsin herd which is the bucks g league team currently plays in puerto rico played a total of two games uh and scored a total of six points with the suns so there you go. That's everybody who's worn jersey number 30 for the Phoenix Suns. Now, again, you can only select a few to start, bench, and trade. There mm -hmm. are only six players of the 10 who qualify. Those six players are, Matthew, they are... Fred Saunders. Fred Saunders, Ron, Ron Lee, Lee, Nick Vanos, Cliff Robinson, John Luer, and Troy Daniels. So I think I went first last time, so I'll, go, I'll let you go first this time, Matthew. Okay. Appreciate Who would it. you start? I'm going to go with, I think, the, wasn't his nickname the headband or something? Cliff, Clifford yeah. Robinson. Uncle Cliff, Loved man. It. Yeah, you know, when it first got into the Suns, he was probably the first guy I really, really, truly remember. And I remember actually being at school. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of that. You know, got to get it out before the season starts. <clears throat> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's really annoying. Uh, he was on the Blazers and he was pretty much known as a Blazer. I remember going to school and everyone always had his Blazer jersey, which was fucking just phenomenal. Those ones yeah, always look good and still jersey. do, obviously, the same exact things. But um, he was the guy that always stuck out to me and his headband and everything. Um, obviously, you know, when he's like your best player on the team, you're not going to really win much. Um, but I did enjoy him when he was here in Phoenix. Well, I think when he was here in Phoenix... It was a challenging time for the Suns because that's when you had Penny Hardaway and you had Jason Kidd and you had Clifford Robinson. Like on paper, you, it was such a great team. And mm -hmm. if you look at everybody who wore jersey number 30, he averaged the most points at 16.4. So I agree with you. He is the start here. He was a great player with the Phoenix Suns. Unfortunately, passed away early at the age of 53. Uh, but Uncle Cliff was such an amazing player. I remember I hated him growing up. Oh, yeah, he died a while ago. I didn't know he died. Yeah. Wow. Uh but I didn't like him growing up. You know, when he played for the Blazers, the Blazers were the opposition. And he was uh, one of those guys who was, played with tenacity, played with uh, heart on both sides of the ball. You know, yeah. and, and six foot ten, he was ahead of his time because he used to shoot the three ball. You know, you look at his, his career high 50 points that he had against the Nuggets. He went 17 of 26 from the field and he was three of five from deep. That's back in 2000. So he was a little ahead of his time, especially as a 610 guy. So I completely agree with you that he is the guy to start. The guy that I would bench out of all this, uh, I would take Ron Lee. Again, point guard out of Oregon. Uh, 207 games with the Suns. They don't have the start sit, uh, start sit statistics back then. But based on everything that I read in the research, he's somebody who did come off the bench a lot. He was a bench player. And he'd come in and his, his reputation was a tenacious defender. Again, led the league in steals in 1978 and i don't know how much of that came from starting and how much I, I i would assume there was some a lot of starting going on there but i think a lot of it came coming off the bench as well because uh you know he just he, he was a tenacious player uh and there's a reason that the Suns were able to get truck robinson and ron lee was one of those and by the way ron lee amazing afro <sighs> love Great the afros. afro love the i've always wanted one i've yeah. always wanted dreads now I'm bald. Um, I'm going to go Ron Jeremy, too, as well. I think Ron he, Jeremy, um, too, as well. Remember, I used Ron, to say that a lot. You used to say, too. I forgot. I remember two you used as to say well. Two as yeah. Well. And I was thinking about that the other night, too. I'm like, dude, you don't say that ever anymore. And I just said it. It's so oh, no, that back. You got you got the yips and you <laughs> called Ron Lee, Ron <laughs> Jeremy. Did you mean to do that on purpose? Oh, yeah, I think so. Anyways. <laughs> That's probably why I did that because I was trying to get out of there really quick. Like you're a little trying quick to tell joke, a quick wasn't joke funny and at all. Two as well. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's funny too as well. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. There's a fucking yeah, mute I'm button. Gonna go I'm gonna go around Lee. I'm pretty sure you're gonna um, you're gonna trade 
Troy Daniels? Is that where we're I don't going? Know. Are you going to trade Troy Daniels? I'm going to trade Troy Daniels, I think. Because okay. there was upside there, for sure. And he always stuck out a lot. He was a very quiet player, right? He would come out, hit his threes, go sit on the bench, not say a word. But you were like, oh, there's something there, right? So I think you can really trade for a guy like that just to have, a, like a, like he said, a fireball coming off the bench. So he has some value there. I'll tell you who I'd want to trade is that Magic Lampy guy, but he only played 37 games. Because according to So Says Jay in the chat, he says, Lampy's son used to bully my kid at school. So fuck Lampy and fuck his kid. But he wow. only played 37 games, so I can't trade his ass. So yeah, I'm going to go with Troy Daniels. Okay. I feel like we we kind of aligned this one and the last one, right? The last two we've aligned. The first one yeah. we didn't. The mm-hmm. last two we've aligned. I think that the jersey numbers that we've chosen this summer, 10, 20, 30, and we might do 40. I'm not sure yet. You know, obviously we have our 500 show next Thursday. So I don't know if that's the shtick that we're going to do for the 500. We're going to do Jersey no, number do 500. Else. I think we just sit around and bullshit and just talk shit. And that's it. That's literally the show. Like, welcome. <laughs> so what do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> what, are, what are Matthew and John going to talk about for show 500? Eh, it's going to be hard to be serious and actually have a good conversation with five. I don't know if anybody's even going on. No one knows yet. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I haven't said anything. Shh. My bad. Almost spoiled Shh. it. Hold on. Hold on. Terrible. Take a lap. I do that a lot. Take a lap, Matt. It's not like I, I can keep a secret, but I'll just spoil things. If like someone's like, oh, I didn't tell him yet. I'm like, oh, damn it. Sorry, I already told him. I didn't know it was a secret. Oh, me too as well. Did you get it? <laughs> oh man all right well there you go uh start bench and trade we agree you start cliff robinson you sit ron lee you trade troy daniel childhood trauma i I just did adult trauma like my my dog's going crazy when it's thundering Mm -hmm. and direct tv sucks to uh (laughs) to cancel but is there any childhood trauma topics we should hit Ooh, Jamster, there's anything out there? No, there's 33 people watching. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Somebody had asked First Kiss on Twitter. First Kiss? Yeah, but I think we did that one. <sighs> well, for yeah, I don't think I don't think I did First Kiss. I don't know if I remember my First Kiss. I remember I was super young, but it was stupid. It wasn't even anything. Yeah, it's not like I was like um, making out. Like I pecked some girl in like the first grade or something. No, the first time like I really kissed a girl. Oh, chances you want to know the age? Hold yeah. on. And he liked it. He's like, last week, <laughs> last week I was hanging out with my lady friend and she well, finally allowed me to French by. kiss. Um, geez, how old was I? I had a weird teenage years, dude. Oh, all right. I'm just going to say it. No, or, I'm not gonna say what 19. No, I was 18. 25. I was what's, 18. What's wrong yeah. with 18? Well, I mean, to first kiss somebody, like I had a girlfriend in, in junior high, just we never kissed. I was so nervous. Oh my god, I remember the first time we were gonna kiss. Oh, wait, I think we did kiss, but it wasn't like making out. So I think, yeah, I was younger, but I just I was so fucking nervous. I remember like my hands were so sweaty. And oh my god, we were like walking to the back of the school. And I knew we were gonna make out, and then we just didn't because I was just like shaking the whole time. I remember the first time I saw boobs. First time you saw boobs? Yeah. Like in real life or on TV? No, like in real life. Oh, it was. <clears throat> you know, you you know that famous. Uh, Picture of Michael Jordan hitting that shot over Byron Russell. You know, yeah. like his last shot as a Chicago yeah. Bull that night. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah, I saw that game and I went home and saw my girlfriend's boobs for the first time. I was like, oh, wow, wow. Okay. what a day. What a day, what dude. A day. Nothing oh, topped that since, has it? No, not really. You know, like, no? <laughs> I, I, the day I got married, I also won my fantasy football championship. That's like, yeah, that's number one. That's like number that's one, time. and yeah. that's that's number two. Uh, nah, I still haven't. It's like number forty-five. I still haven't. Yeah. I see my own. <laughs> that's good enough for me. I don't even see my own. When I get out of uh, the shower, I don't look in the mirror. I'm like, dude, stop. You cover yourself <laughs> I up. <laughs> I wear the towel up like this. All right, we're just being dumb. Uh, that's it, Jamsters. I think we're done here. We'll go ahead and yeah. we'll, we'll skedaddle. 
Uh, again, we'll be coming to you live on Monday, 9 p.m. Arizona time. Might have a special guest, might not. Not sure. Working on some things. Uh, but if not, it'll be just me and Matthew talking about how much we love DeAndre Ayton, uh, which has <laughs> got to be a change of pace for some people out there. Some people are like losing their fucking minds. Um, but that being said, we do appreciate you taking a little time out of your day to hang out with us here on the Suns Jam Session podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review, hit that thumbs up button if you happen to be on the YouTube. Make sure you subscribe, put on that bell notification, which reminds you anytime that we go live. You can read my writing at brightsideofthesun.com and follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can read his writing occasionally on Bright Side of the Sun, and you can follow him on Twitter. And on that note, Matthew, anything else to say to the Jamsters out there? Go home and love your boobies. <laughs>